モーニングプロジェクトプレゼンツ Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the nichiest podcast ever. It can be anything that comes that people don't care about or don't know about or don't hear about. And for some reason, we care and we know and we hear.、Uh, and the, the we in that sentence includes、uh, my two partners in crime here, the first of which is Anne. Hello, Anne. Hello. And、uh, Brian. Hi, Brian. Hello. And I am, as always, Shidoshi.、Um, We are, I think, a smidge late on the schedule we planned, but we are way sooner than we had been for a while.、Um, and we are actually getting close to being on a plan, so this is very exciting <laughs> to me. <laughs> as, as somebody once said, I like it when a plan comes together. So,、um, yeah, so hopefully we are going to be doing these once a month and at a set time every month so that you will know when you can hear it.、Um, but. They're, they're, it's, it's, it's good to do it now because one of the most important events in, in every year of human history recently happened, and that was, of course, Black Friday. And if we had done it sooner, you, you couldn't have talked about Black Friday <laughs> and all the excitement of, of such that joyous occasion. But because we're doing it now, we can talk about Black Friday. Um, and that's going to be our entire show is talking about all the exciting <laughs> deals we got on kayaks and shoes and high definition televisions and all that fun stuff, right? Yes. What I really want to know is have there, was there any news about people getting trampled to death at Walmart again this year? Of course. And not、oh. only that, you know, you know, the best part about all this,、uh, Anne, thank you for asking,、mm-hmm. is that. Uh, we Americans have now, im- I'm sorry, exported, not imported, we have exported the Black Friday traditions to、uh, at least the United Kingdom.、Oh. Lovely. So they are, now, they are now trampling people for cheap television <laughs> and toasters. And they don't even celebrate Thanksgiving. What is this crap? They don't. <laughs> I know. Because I was going to ask you do, you, do you have, I mean, you don't have Black Friday down there. Oh, do you? no, nothing at all like that. I mean, they, around this time of year, you've got the holiday sales, but nothing like huge two day thing. I think the closest we have is maybe Boxing Day sales after Christmas are quite big. Yes, but you will. Oh, you, oh, you will. <laughs> Because the thing I've, I've realized now is that. These things just don't stay contained anymore because, I mean, look at Japan and Halloween. You know, I remember being over there. When I lived over there, Halloween was nothing. And ha- Halloween was 
okay, you've got a few foreigners living here and they know about it. So maybe they gave candy to, to, to you know, kids of their, their family friends and stuff like that. Or maybe they dress up and, and people were wondering why they're dressed up. Um, and then I went back a few years ago and was shocked at walking around on Halloween night and seeing people dressed up mm-hmm. and seeing some stores having, you know, displays and stuff. And so when I recently went back, so that was what, September, the early September, there was already Halloween stuff out everywhere in Japan. They were having Halloween specials and Halloween decorations and all this stuff. And it was crazy. Like, I, I, I was just shocked at, like, how much they had picked up on Halloween. So, if we can, if, gosh darn it, if we can export Black <laughs> Friday to the UK, we can sure as heck send it to Australia and anybody else. So. Yeah. Don't, so, don't worry. Oh, it's coming. Shoot. It's coming. <laughs> I, I, think, I think, for me, the worst part is, you know, um, being married to somebody in retail. Mm. Uh, they had to work that on thir- on Thanksgiving night. Yeah. Which really sucked. Oh, that's awful. Um, yeah, so so now it's not just like, you know, it used to be, oh, you open at 6 a.m. on Black Friday, or you open at 5 a.m. on Black Friday, uh, or they were getting to the point of, oh, we open at 12.01 on Black Friday, you know. Um, now it's like we open at 6 p.m. On, on Thanksgiving Day. So, like... Because some people want to have want to go shopping, <laughs> like other people's Thanksgiving holidays with their family are ruined now. Mm-hmm. So, but not to be a downer, uh, there is still cheap stuff, <laughs> and I'm curious to see. So, Anne, obviously, you you can't go out and have fun on Black Friday, <laughs> but I mean, I, I guess you could technically get online and order things. And oh, don't worry, I very much did <laughs> do that. Oh, see, okay, so um. But, you know, I'm going to break tradition. I'm going to start with Brian. Oh. We never start with Brian, but I'm starting with Brian. I want to know, Brian, what were your Black Friday adventures, if you had any? Well, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I'm a total anti-Black Friday uh, kind of person. <laughs> I would never go out on Black Friday. And I didn't. I don't even know if I technically bought stuff online on Black Friday or on Cyber Monday or whatever, you know, whatever the other holidays are, supposed holidays. There, there is, there is, there is, there is, okay, so in a row, for anybody who doesn't know, it's in case. So there is Thursday, so Thanksgiving, for, for any non-Americans, Thanksgiving is always on a Thursday. I think it's always yes. the last Thursday of the month. Fourth. Fourth, okay, the, always the fourth Thursday of the month. So Thursday is Thanksgiving, Friday is Black Black Friday, Saturday is uh, um, local local shop oh. Saturday, or or it's and I don't remember the exact name, but it's where you're supposed to go and shop locally, like at at not not at big brand retailers, and then Monday is Cyber Monday because that was the day when people were going back to work. And they would use their work comp- back back when not, not everybody had internet at home. This is how far back it goes. Yeah, so not when everybody didn't have internet at home, they would use their computer at work on that Monday to see if there were any deals still yeah. around. Wow, I didn't know that. So what? It, yeah, so yeah, so what it was was Black Friday was the big retailers' day. Local Saturday was the local retailers, and then Cyber Monday was like Amazon and places yeah. like that. And now everybody is just in it as one big. <laughs> 
Yeah, and so like aside from Thanksgiving, I don't celebrate any of them. Um, but I did buy a bunch of crap that weekend because uh, Thanksgiving is my birthday. So uh, I basically like took my money and ran and <laughs> bought a bunch of games. And I did actually, I looked on Cyber Monday, but I don't know. I, I looked for a little bit. I didn't see anything I wanted. So I didn't even, I have no deals to report. I just bought some games. The problem, I think, before you list your games, the problem is that it used to just be like that weekend. Yeah. So you, you kind of knew when to look around and when to find things. But now, you know, I mean, gosh, like Walmart was starting like the week before and things like that. So now like the deals go for so long across so many days. You, you It's like hard to really know when to look for yeah. like, you know, things going on. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's just like from Thanksgiving through Christmas, there, there are sales every weekend, there are sales every day. I don't know. I just figure you're likely to see some good deals within that month. Right. So I don't really care about it. <laughs> but so, so, so what, what did you buy? Um, so I bought, uh, I bought a couple Japanese 3DS games, uh, one of which... Uh, actually, I think I bought this one before I pre-ordered it. The um, Touch Detective Rhythm game from Japan, which I don't really know. What? Why. Yes, I did. <laughs> I didn't. No, I didn't know that even existed. It does. Wow. And there was a fairly like unimpressive demo that came out, and I played it, and I didn't actually like it, but I still wanted the game, so I bought it. I have no idea why. Uh, wow. um, and then I bought the first uh, Taiko... Uh, no Tetsujin, I think that's how you pronounce it. The game. Patsujin. Okay. Te- oh yeah. well, I will. I will uh, copy and paste your vocalization. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So I bought the first one uh, on sale somewhere um, for the 3DS, and then I actually uh, kind of um, I don't know what to say of related of noteworthy note. Uh, I bought some DS games, two of which you've actually mentioned. On previous podcasts, mm. so I bought. Well, this one you didn't mention Ghost Trick, but I've heard good things about it. So I bought Ghost Trick. I bought yep. uh, My World, My Way, oh. and I bought the best of them all. I bought Pop Cutie from Koi. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So I'm set, and, and even then, I'm still buying games all month. I'm just totally insane at the moment. So. Yeah, um, duh, that's, 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 I, I, I don't have, like, the only one I don't have the other three is, is Ghost Trick. And, I mean, I've heard really good things about it, and I keep meaning to get it at some point, yeah. but. It's um, really good. I played it. <laughs> is it? Well, like, the, the DS version even is so cheap right now that I just thought, I'm going to buy it. How much was it? I think, like, 15 bucks on Amazon. I know you can probably get, like, the iOS version for, like, a dollar or something, but, um, you know, I don't. I don't go that way, so fifteen bucks was good to me for a new game. Yeah, especially when like I I always worry. I, see, I'm I'm getting worried now because we're getting starting to that point where some of the DS games are going to get harder and harder to find. Yeah. And so that's been like my lately lately I've kind of been like, okay, which ones do I start picking up now, and which ones can I still kind of hold off? Yeah, on, you know, because I I've noticed that some of them were really, really low for a while, and now they they are starting to creep back up. Yeah, like like I never I never got the Chibi Robo for for DS, uh. 
and it was really cheap brand new from Walmart for a long time and now they only have used copies hmm. which I'm getting worried about stuff like yeah. that is like still finding those but that's fun and so so you obviously have multiple 3DSs yes. because the stupid thing is not is this region encoded yes uh, even though you know they're working on it, but I already have the Japanese 3DS, so I might as well just use it. I don't really care about cracking it open at this point. Yeah, I um, I know there was the exploit recently that came through that Cubic Ninja game, but do they have any? Do they have like a hardware kind of region? No, I don't. Well, I don't. You know what? I'm so totally not caught up on it. I know, like you said, the exploit, but that's about it. I don't really know much about mm. it. Hmm. Um, Anne, what did you get? Well, <laughs> I got a few <laughs> Steam games to start. Um, most notably, uh, Long Live the Queen, which I've been eyeing for a while. Oh, yes. That was half price, yes. so I think $5. Oh, oh I should have <laughs> Yeah, I'm so, I'm so happy to finally have it. That's like a simulation game for those who don't know. It's not... Japanese developed, which is a bit odd because pretty much everything I usually buy is <laughs> Japanese, but it's very much inspired by sort of these princess raising sims where you get to decide what kind of queen your, you know, queen to be is going to be. And apparently this one's a bit brutal and it's very easy to like die or get assassinated <laughs> if you, you know, delegate wrong. Or <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about it, so I'm very excited to finally try that one. Uh, and the other big one that I picked up, I'm not sure if this was a Black Friday sale or very soon after Black Friday, but Best Buy had, um, Freedom Wars physical versions for $15. And I, I, you know, of course I do not live in the U.S. right now, so, but my parents do. And to save on shipping, I checked to see if our local Best Buy had it in stock. So I ordered it, and then I asked my dad to go pick it up for me. So it was very <laughs> nice of my dad to go over and, and get the game. <laughs> so I saved, you know, four bucks on shipping or whatever. So, yeah, that was a really good deal. And I haven't been super interested in Freedom Wars, but I've heard good enough things that I think I'd like to try it for $15. I mean, it's brand new, yeah. too. It only just came out like a month or two ago. Yeah. So... Yeah, there, there were a few games this Black Friday that were, were really, really new, but really cheap, <laughs> which was surprising. And I, and I I did see that one, and I, I kind of thought about it, but <laughs> I didn't pick it up. Um, just There's just too many games to play. Mm. I just never know when I would get to that one. But that, no, that, 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 that's a good pickup. So... Um, are are you are you going to be back in the states soon that you could get your copy of the Yep, game? I will be heading down on Friday. I may be in the air or already landed by the time this podcast goes up. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, I will not be visiting you two on the West Coast. I'm going straight <laughs> to to Vermont to hang out with my parents, and I haven't uh, been back in two years, which is the longest I've been away. So I'm pretty excited mm. this time, actually. I mean, I'm always excited to go home, but kind of the you know to experience the cold weather, and I kind of forget how cold it is. I'm like, how many yes. sweaters am I gonna need? <laughs> do I need to wear stockings under my pants because that's definitely a thing I used to do, is because <laughs> I'd have to wear multiple <laughs> yes. layers. So I'm like trying to yes. recall what it was like, but here it's like so hot that I can't even imagine <laughs> being that uh. cold. But I'm sure I will be. 
No, it's it's funny because I remember last time I went back, um, it was the same thing. Like it takes you a few days to readjust because mm-hmm. you go, you go back there and you're just like, oh my lord, like how did I ever survive? <laughs> this? Like I can't I can't take it. I can't do anything. I'm trying to sit at home and do nothing, you know. And then and you get used to it, but no, it, it's nice because you'll you'll get like a you'll get a real proper Christmas, yep. kind of thing. So I, I don't know. I don't know if Vermont has any snow right now or not, but I mean... No, apparently it's raining right now, according to my mom. <laughs> but they did wow. get a big snowstorm around Thanksgiving. I think a lot of the East Coast did. So hopefully, uh, last time we were there, I think we did have a white Christmas. So, But my family also likes to ski, so hopefully there'll be enough for cross-country skiing mm. and all that. Yeah, I'm very excited. So I have tons and tons of things I've sent to my house over the course of the past maybe five months or so since I knew I was going to be going back and then I'm going to have to lug it all back with me. <laughs> oh. And then just hope your luggage doesn't get lost. Yeah, yeah. Fingers <laughs> crossed. So far, I've never had a bag get lost before, but there's always a first yeah, we, for that. <laughs> uh, last trip, we had um, we had a bag that was sent to the wrong place place or got left at an airport somewhere oh. but we got it back the next day thankfully but never i never actually had a bag get completely lost mm. so um i picked up a few things um i'm trying to think i got a few really cheap blu-rays i got gravity for four dollars and the new godzilla for six wow. And then I got Edge of Tomorrow for six, which I have not seen yet, but everybody has said such good things about. And at that point, it's kind of like, well, it's almost the exact same price as a rental, so I might as well just buy it and hope for the best. Um, And then I will tell you my games, which is going to get me kicked off this podcast, (laughs) uh, as I've hinted to on uh, Twitter. Yes, I did actually buy these. Well, the first one's fine. The first one. I got uh, Mario Kart 8 for $30, which was crazy because Nintendo games were never cheap. I want to say, like, super, super old. But um, that was, like, far and away the best deal, like, anybody had on that for Black Friday. And I had to end up going all the way across L.A. to a different Sears to pick it up. But they did actually have one. So I got that. I got Shadow of Mordor for $30, I think it was, which I don't care about Lord of the Rings at all, but it's supposedly a really, really good game, so I did want to play that. And I had I had a lot of um, Xbox credit, because I don't, I don't use my Xboxes very much, and so I had just kind of this credit sitting there. And I guess with the Xbox credit, like if you have it in your account, it actually expires after a while. So my credit was going to expire next June. So I was like, well, I might as well just use it now and, and get the game. Um, and and then I I, I bought uh, I, I bought Call, Call of Duty, the new, the new Call of Duty. What was so. that again? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I bought the new Call of Duty. Uh, so off I, the podcast. I, not only did I not only did I buy the new Call of Duty, I did these most stereotypical thing you could do and i bought it for the xbox one so yes so so what prompted i i mean i'm guessing you you're a fan of the series or i i had never played call of duty before the last one had never ever touched it um and i i it's it's 
And this might seem like a really strange thing to say for a lot of people, but this is the honest truth. Uh, the reason I finally did try it was because they allowed you to make female characters in the multiplayer. And I thought that was really good of them to finally do that and, and, you know, and kind of break out of the mold of just what people expected. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to finally give Call of Duty a try. And being that I work in a video game magazine that now covers a lot of this kind of stuff, you know, the popular stuff, I'm like, I really should at some point play Call of Duty just so that I have played one. And so I, I decided for the last games, I bought the Battlefield and the Call of Duty both. And I actually ended up really enjoying Call of Duty um, because back in the day, I used to play Quake and then I played Unreal Tournament. So I do kind of like multi, uh, multiplayer first-person shooters. And I always had this kind of... I always had this impression of what Call of Duty was. And I know I will shut up in a second here because this is not <laughs> what I was talking about. Yeah, I know. But Brian asked me... Um, <laughs> So I always had this impression of like what Call of Duty was, you know, and I'm like, oh, it's it's only for these these bro gamers who drink Mountain Dew and eat Doritos and 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 call each other bad names and stuff like that, you know. But I actually had a really a whole lot of fun with it, and so I was like, you know, I want to really kind of try this new one because the last one from everybody that was telling me was that was just the the bad choice to make was that that was like one of the low points of the series for a while. So I I wanted to give it one more try. So. Yeah, I so I have Call of Duty now. I'm going to play that. But I still play all my niche games. <laughs> I play all my crazy Japanese games. You don't have to apologize. Um, no. But, you know, I mean, like, I'm the kind of person I like to play everything. Same with music. Like, I like all kinds of music. I don't like just one style. So I think it's good sometimes to kind of play outside your, your comfort area. Because um, you just never know, like, what, you know, you'll have fun with. So... Oh, yeah. I just want to say, you know, I have nothing against Call of Duty. I'm just teasing because of its, you know, sort of notorious, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, reputation, I guess. I play a lot of, quote unquote, mainstream stuff, too, and it's just as fun. So, yeah. Have you actually played it yet or not yet? No, I I haven't just because I haven't had time because we, uh, you know, it was the, the point in the year when just so many games were coming out before the holidays. So we were all just super busy doing reviews. So I haven't even really touched it yet. So I think um, the the two games I kind of the two big games I have that I'm I'm waiting to get to finally are that and then Dragon Age. So mm-hmm. I want to play those both. And so those are kind of my maybe when we get to Christmas break time, I'll be playing those. So wait, is this the one with Kevin Spacey in it? Yes, uh, it is. <laughs> that's how I remember these things. And the last one had a dog yes. in it, or is that exactly? Yeah. Yes, I was just gonna say that. I was just gonna say and the last one was the one with the dog in it. <laughs> that's that's how you yep. know. Um, but so that's what we bought recently. But I guess real quick, uh, what didn't you get, and what are you hoping that Santa brings you uh, for Christmas or? Um, Whatever denomination you may be, and whatever <laughs> mythical figure it is that brings you gifts on that holiday, I don't know. Um, uh, what 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 would you like to have as a present this year? And we're going back to you. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, actually, it's kind of funny. So I put a PS Vita memory card on my wish list because I'm just always swapping memory cards out and I've got a lot of digital games and I would just like, you know, a 32 gig one that I could 
put in and not have to worry about swapping it out all the time. And I put it on my Amazon wish list, but then it went on sale at Best Buy for like $30. (laughs) But I didn't get it because I was like, no, I put it on my wish list and I sent the wish list to family members like weeks ago. Somebody could have very well gotten it. So I held off, but I'm kind of like, oh, I could have got it for $30. (laughs) So that would be really nice. It's kind of a sort of a bummer gift in a way it's like you're not actually getting anything new you're not getting a new game but it's a way to right. <laughs> play your other games more conveniently like i am always uh the, uh deleting stuff or what i do now because i have a terabyte high drive in my ps3 i will actually hook the ps vita to the ps3 move over stuff on the ps3 and then bring stuff i've downloaded on the ps3 over to my vita and i just keep swapping them all the time and it's such a pain you know for a portable device that have to be managing data like that so what 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 size of card do you have i have a four eight and 16 (laughs) because i keep but you know buying the next bigger one but i can't bring myself to spend the money on a 32 (laughs) (laughs) so so if i had the 32 yeah i have a 32 and it's completely fine oh no um It's, you know, it's really funny because I think, like, as as many times as I'll yell at Nintendo for things they do and their, like, backwards policies, like, they were so great about just having the 3DS be a typical SD card that you can put in there. Mm. Uh, because I've got, like, a, a 32 or so in my, in my 3DS, and I just buy everything digitally, and I have just so many games on there right now. Um, probably six years or so, but wow. the Vita, like that is that is far and away like its big weakness. And I, 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 I actually don't like digital games on the Vita because that space just gets eaten up so quickly by them. Yeah, yeah. The, I pretty much only buy them digitally if they're really cheap. You can't get them elsewhere. Or uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, no, I guess that's it really cheaper you can't get them elsewhere and but still i managed to fill it up anyway (laughs) (laughs) with the ps plus stuff too you get a lot of that like i don't own you know gravity rush that's from my ps plus copy so all that's digital which really if you want to put a few games on then it fills up right away i probably only have four four games on any given one of my cards (laughs) but the plus side of having all these memory cards is i can dedicate one to my japanese psn account so then it's very easy for me to swap between accounts which of course is another annoying thing but at least like unlike the 3ds it's not region locked (laughs) yep yeah but either than that i'm hoping for fantasy life i've heard so many good things so brian has Mm. said and people on twitter are all playing and i want to get in on it so i asked for that as well and if i get it i'll put in some time over the holidays (laughs) I, I've played an hour of it so far, so I'm just barely getting into it. You, you've probably put up with like an hour of text. <laughs> yes, I have. Exactly. That's why I'm only an hour into it. Yeah. Because I don't know what it is about Japanese games, but they just won't shut up yeah, yeah, yeah. at first. I will say, Anne, you know, as a warning, that is, to me, there is one flaw of that game, and it's a big one for some people, but there's a lot, at various points, when you have to kind of... Uh, push the story forward there is a lot of text and it's funny it's it's well localized but you just want i mean i've gotten so i just keep hitting the a button a a a a. i don't care what they say i don't care anymore i'll get the gist of it 
Um, wow. But yes, so you will be, but it's only at certain points. So the beginning, and then every time you have to like finish a chapter, you'll find out what I mean. But um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of points where you aren't going through text. So. <laughs> Aww. It is. It is. It is amazing. Like and and again, I'm playing Japanese games for this. Cause I just see it so often. Is is it's how much conversation they can have without saying. <laughs> you know, like like they just have games where they talk just so much, and they're not. They're not like nothing's actually being said. I mean, th- there are games where. You know, I mean, I think, like, the Persona games are very wordy and Dangan Ropa games are very wordy and stuff like that. But I, I typically think, okay, the characters and those are strong enough and they're telling enough of a story that you do care. But, yeah, again, my fantasy's life, like, I almost wanted just to be like, yeah, just kind of shut up and let me play. <laughs> and, and I don't, I don't, they don't give me so much story at the beginning. And, and when you're talking to me, like, make sure you're saying something that actually matters so that you're not kind of wasting my time. I, I do, I do feel like, and I don't know if it's like if it's just expectations of Japanese gamers or what, but it just feels like there's always just so much text. Yeah. And you'll hear you'll hear games like Trails in the Sky, you know, like brag about how much text they have in their game. <laughs> and it's like that's not always a yeah. good thing for me, you know. I just I just want to play. Like I want to I want to know what fantasy life is of the game, but I can't get anywhere in it yet. Mm. Yeah. And to me, it's actually worse when it happens all at the beginning. Like if it takes me five hours to get into the game. Right. There's a problem, but yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to take five. I can't remember, actually. I, I just blew through the beginning, so um, I will not say it's five hours. It's probably an hour, to, uh, I don't know, but um, just get through it as quickly as possible. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Anything else for you, Anne? Oh, oh, I've got plenty of things I want, but I'll leave it at that so I don't sound greedy. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, well, you know, Brian just had his birthday and my birthday is coming up this weekend too. So, you know, when I write a wish list, it's like combined birthday and birthdays. Christmas. So <laughs> I get it all in one month. <laughs> do, I mean, do, did, you, did you hate that growing up? Yeah, I think I did. I mean, yeah, because I mean, it, so, it always so, so felt close. like you would get combined with the holidays yeah. <laughs> and people would sort of be like, oh, you know, I didn't get you anything for your birthday, but I'll give you something at Christmas. And it's like, that doesn't count. You get two, well, you get a birthday present and a Christmas present. So do I, <laughs> you know, I'm just like everybody else. And on the other hand, like my family isn't religious at all. So Christmas is just sort of, you know, a non-secular holiday for us. And it's more just being with family. But I never really put Christmas as that important so that somebody's saying oh your christmas present is what you're gonna get but no birthday present which is a day to celebrate my birth you know kind of feels <laughs> <Right>. like a jip <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. yep that that i i well i'm sure brian yeah. you get the same thing i mean thanksgiving maybe isn't quite as big of a holiday in the u.s as christmas but your your birthday literally falls on the holiday right well, like every so often, but it's not the same in terms. Oh, of like, yeah, that's right. I, yeah, the gifts are not the issue. It's more like uh, for me, it's always been when I was younger. You could never really. It was hard to sell, like get you know twenty friends together because everybody's gone or everybody's you know mm. at, you know it's Thanksgiving weekend. We're not going to come to a party or so. But <laughs> I kind of got over that. I still got the presents. Um, I still find a way to celebrate. <laughs> I definitely would not want like a December. I feel I feel for people who who get 
caught in that where like people want to combine your gift or forget about your birthday or whatever. Yeah, and I I don't mean to sound so greedy. I'm really <laughs> I'm teasing about the whole thing. You're I just think it's fu- I think it's funny <laughs> that people would prior. It always seems like people prioritize Christmas. It's like they kind of skip over because they're so busy thinking about. You know, Christmas is stressful. I'm already stressed out because I had to buy gifts for everybody in the U.S. here in Australia to bring over. So, you know, you're, you're already thinking about it weeks in advance. Of course, you're not going to remember some December birthday. I mean, how many of them are there? You can't keep track of them all and Christmas, you know. So <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I think it's fair to kind of feel that, like, you're getting cheated, you yeah. know, because most of the people – I mean, I always – you know, my birthday's in March, so it was it was always an interesting thing because it was close enough to Christmas that it was kind of the okay if I didn't you know if Santa didn't bring me what I wanted maybe I'll get it for my birthday, mm. you know and and kind of having the having to buy presents close together because my my birthday my brother's birthday and my mom's birthdays are all in March, huh. so March was kind of the big birthday month for us you know, um, but it was far enough away from Christmas that they didn't overlap and. I never felt like I got cheated. So I can understand that, you know, if you do have a birthday that close, that you do kind of feel like, well, my, you know, everybody's so worried about Christmas and getting presents for the people that I kind of, I miss that getting to kind of feel special. Yeah. And thing. I have so, to say, I, my mom's birthday is also in December, three days after mine. So oh. it's even more crowded because of that. But in that huh. way, I mean, you know, within the family, we never had a problem with it. We would always celebrate my mom's and my birthday at the same time. And, usually end up getting the christmas tree around that time too so it's always kind of fun you know yeah i i anyways i'm looking forward to it this weekend because we'll be doing the same sort of thing and it's been years you know so kind of nostalgic for my my (laughs) childhood you know (laughs) yeah so enough about me brian hasn't (laughs) said (laughs) what he wants for christmas (laughs) well mine mine will be short because uh like honestly i asked the only, uh, I don't know if it's a weird situation. I have kind of a strange gift-giving situation in my family. My parents are the only people who uh, I get gifts from or that I give gifts to, except for maybe my husband's wife. Um, and I only... Wait, wait, what? wait. <laughs> wait, I'm, I'm, I'm very confused because you just said... Oh, my, my husband's wife. My husband's sister. I'm sorry. Yes, my okay. Sister. I was gonna. I was gonna. I was gonna ask what your your your. Yes, your no. David just got married to a woman. He's uh, yeah. He's got a wife and a husband. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I asked my parents for only one like game related item, and I don't even know if I'll actually get that. So, um, but and it's funny. Anne and I have talked about this kind of on the side too. But I asked for the new Harvest Moon game for 3ds so i'm no i know i know everybody <laughs> no <laughs> don't ask for that it's too late oh. you know what even i i like that mm. i will get something out of it even if it's horrible but you won't you 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 really won't i don't know i mean it's i i understand what you're saying and i mean i've played plenty of games where people have said don't buy this don't buy this and i bought it and i still really liked it and enjoyed it you know, like your rule of roses or whatever else is, you know. Um, oh, this game is just, it's, it's, it's just, it's so just, it's, it's like buying a track. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> and like, like you, you, you're like, okay, I, 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 I want a trash can. You go out and you try to find the best trash can you can buy. 
But at the end of the day, when you take it home, it's just there and it's collecting trash. Like it, <laughs> it, it has no enjoyment in your life other than being something that is there and doing something, well, you know. Okay, but here's the question. Is it worse than Hometown Story? I okay. <laughs> um, I feel like I I don't know that I actually mean this, but if you're asking me to say gut reaction, I feel like I would rather play Hometown Story Ooh. because at least Hometown Story, I'm experiencing something different and something kind of just <laughs> like I really like. I think I think Harvest Moon is going to be a really really good game once they get two or three games into doing this. If they keep it the exact same style of game, it's just that they they tried to they packed so much into this one. They tried to pack so much mm. into this one, and they just weren't ready to do that. And everything they have in the game is just nowhere near polished enough or fleshed out enough. And it the first year of that game is just so brutally boring. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, maybe you'll enjoy it, but like I couldn't enjoy it on like a Minecraft level because the the you know, changing your scenery and stuff is just is just not anywhere close to as fun as Minecraft, and and it has a lot of problems with that. The farming wasn't very fun. The the interacting with characters wasn't fun. It's just it's it was so disappointing. Because mm. I I really was looking forward to it. Well, maybe you will. Maybe you will still get something out of it. But well, that's if I actually I, get I, it, and may, and you know maybe yeah, if I, I don't, maybe I will reconsider. But um, and maybe if I get it, I'll take it back. I don't know. But I like I, I, I don't I, actually I, I, think I, 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 I will. I'm not saying I will enjoy it, um, despite what everybody says. But I don't necessarily mind playing a crap game now and then either. But uh, well, I don't know. I just think there's. I think there is. There is so many better things you could do with <laughs> that time, because it's. I mean, it's. If if it was like a five hour game, then you're like, okay, I'm playing this game for five hours and I'm getting this weird enjoyment out of it or this weird experience from it. But you really do have to spend 30, 40, 50 hours to get anywhere. And that's time that just could be spent with anything else. Well, if it's terrible, I'm not going to spend 30 hours with it. I can tell <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, the, and, the, and the, the problem is to to really get to a point where you could get enjoyment out of it, you're going to have to spend that much mm. time with it. So. Well, we'll see. We'll see what shows up on we'll my see. doorstep. Yeah. And then other than that, I was going to say, um, it, this will obviously not be, nobody will get it for me, but, you know, I'm going to do my best to, after the holidays, uh, acquire a Vita of some sort. I want it to be the pink and white Japanese one, but we'll see what, what ends up happening. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want one of those so bad. <laughs> I can join the club finally. <sighs> yeah, it's 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 the I'm in the situation where I just can't justify it because my Vita works perfectly fine. Mm. Yeah, I want one too. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> they're so cute. But it's so pre- It is. It's so adorable. Oh. Um. Okay, well, I guess, and for me, um, there's only really one thing that I was thinking that I wanted to say that I don't have and I would really want, especially if somebody is just, like, Santa's coming and just bringing it to me, you know? Uh, I, I want a Wii U. Oh. Because I, I, I own a Wii U game now, and I have no Wii U. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> and I want Bayonetta, and I want uh, 
It kind of was just Smash Brothers and there's a few other games. So, yeah, I think, like, I I just keep going back and forth, though, because it's, it's like I, back in the day, there was this Jaguar game, I think, called Club Drive, Club Drive Rally. <laughs> and I bought Club Drive Rally because I really wanted to play it, but I didn't own a Jaguar. <laughs> but... I never bought the Jaguar because I kept telling myself, well, the only reason you're going to own one is for Club Drive Rally. <laughs> and so even though you own it, that seemed like a lot of waste of money to, to get it. And I, I kind of worry about that with the Wii U. Is like, I don't, I don't know that I want to own another system just to have it for like four or five games and nothing else. Well, Shiroshi. I know. I, I was going to say I've already got eight games for my Wii U. Wow! <laughs> so, so <laughs> granted, it came with um, I came with eight. I bought two more. So, but I sold two, so I still have eight. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think it. You know, Bayonetta two. Come on, that's a good enough reason as any. But you've already played it, right? It's just that you don't yeah, own yeah. it for yourself. I don't own it. Mm. And but I always I always worry. I always worry about having a console be the X game console, you know? Like this is my Bayonetta 2 console. This is my Halo console. Mm. Like I always worry about that cuz I I just think that's that's a crazy reason to own a system is just for like one game or one series. Mm. Um but you are, you just said 4 or 5. That's different from one. <laughs> yeah, I know, but <laughs> I look at I look at how many. I mean, just even now, like with just how many plugs I have to have oh, yeah. for the back of my television, and how many things I have to have sitting around, and how many batteries I have to remember <laughs> if they're charged or not, and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like I want. I just want things to be simpler, you know. And I want just to have like two consoles that I use, and that's really all. <laughs> and I don't, and you know, my my whole thing about not really liking Nintendo brand games. So I just, I don't know. I don't. I want one, but I don't. Like I, I want, I want the option to have. One, <laughs> wow. You know, for like those times that I, that I want to play it, but I can't justify the, because I mean, even though, even you know, I would even be going for the re- refurbished ones, which are only two hundred bucks. That's still like that's still two hundred dollars for a system that I don't know if I'm really going to be playing very much of. True. So, yeah. But uh, we have a lot of news to get through, which we should start getting <laughs> through the news because we have a lot of news to get through. So I'm going to look at the little news page and see, and that looks like Brian is up first. Oh, now I'm going to have to look at the little news page. Oh, yes, a good one. Uh, as uh, hopefully everybody realized, but the Nintendo... I didn't. You didn't? I didn't. You know why? Because this whole PlayStation oh. thing has been getting so much attention that I completely spaced this one off. Well, okay, so for people who don't know what we're talking about, um, the DS celebrated the 10th anniversary of its release. Well, it is, kind of. It's in the middle. It uh, it came out November 21st, uh, 2004 in the U.S. or in North America. And then uh, December 12th, or December 2nd in Japan. And I think it didn't come out in Europe or Australia until like March or something. March or April of 2005. So we're kind of like in this swath of six months of the 10th anniversary of the DS. 
which is pretty cool, I think. I love the DS. Yeah, me too. I, 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 I mean, do you remember, do you remember seeing for the first time kind of the pictures of the original DS? Yes. And it was like, what in the world? <laughs> I think I actually giggled. I was like, oh, they finally lost it. And I felt kind of bad. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I've told the story on here and I've told it other places before, but um, I, a, a close friend of mine in Japan that I knew when I was going to school over there, um, she got a job at Nintendo, and the very first game she worked on was WarioWare Touched. Oh. Um, I think it was, yeah. And so I bought the DS just to support her in her game <laughs> because I was like, I just don't know about this thing. Because, you know, when it launched, at least over here, I mean, it had... It had Super Mario 64, which was kind of okay. That's a really weird port to have. It had like Pokemon Racing. Oh yeah. It had like it had uh, Sprung, that really weird Ubisoft mm-hmm. dating game, visual comic thing. You know, it it had like all these just really like bizarre games, and you're just like, I don't know if this is gonna be any. It's just so weird, you know. And the two screens, like, why do I need two screens? And why is this thing so gigantic and why is it so bulky? And, and it was this this really, really strange system to me. I just did not think I was going to like it. And 10 years later, I just love it so much. Yeah. Well, and actually, actually, like for me... Oh, you go ahead, Anne. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say that I actually didn't get mine until the light came out, the DS light. Ah, you were That's smart. what I was yeah. going to say. I actually refused to buy it until the light came out. So I don't even know when that was. Two years? A year? <sighs> I, I want, because I, I feel like, I feel like it came out in like the early months of whatever year it came out mm-hmm. in. I could be wrong, but I want, I want to say like if, so what, it was 2004 that the DS came yeah. out, so I want to say it was like 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 February or March of two thousand six. Yeah, then? so like a year and a half almost, or a year. I'll have to I'll have to look at that up. But it's it's so funny because I still remember I still remember being on NeoGaf and there there was the announcement that the the DS Lite was coming out. You know, and they had shown. Uh, yeah, look at that March March second two thousand six. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> so it was. It was early 2006. Um, they're, you know, like, oh, they're revising it. And it looked very, like, Apple-y, you mm-hmm. know? It, it was it was white and it was shiny and very simple and stuff. And I remember that they had people who... There was a, a display model in some Japanese store before it came out. And somebody had taken photographs of, of the system. And... When you looked at the photographs and looked at how the screen looked, it looked fake <laughs> because it was so colorful and so bright and everything. And, and if, if you like, you know, for you two, if you never actually owned the original DS, you won't appreciate it as much. But like it was so dark oh. compared to like later models like the screen. I mean, it was it was backlit, but it was still a very dark screen. And there were even games like the Castlevania. The first Castlevania that came out was like hard to play because of you know, used a lot of dark colors in the game. And so that's why later Castlevanias took a more brighter uh, color tones because the contrast was just so poor on the first one that it was it was actually hard to see some things if they were too dark. 
so when when I saw the photos on on NeoGAF of the DS Lite and the screens, and they were like at an angle, like they're looking at this thing at an angle, <laughs> and so it looks really bright and really colorful. And everybody on GAF was like, "That's got to be fake. There's no way it looks like that good." <laughs> and then more and more photos came out, and it was it was just the most mind blowing thing like ever. So I mean, you guys kind of missed the really weird, crazy year and a half of the system, but you jump in at the perfect time because the DS Lite was just such a compared to what we had before. That was such a perfect uh, uh, second iteration of a system. Although I will say, I have since um, I don't know. I've developed some irrational. Um, interest in the original DS where like I want one of those like candy pink and white Japanese ones and I have not yet wasted the money on one but I for some reason now all of a sudden I'm like oh I think the design's kind of cute I don't know what's wrong with me but um, no I still have mine it's, it's I know I've seen your photos it's really cute. <laughs> I, I, I think you know I mean given how I don't know I don't know how easy it'd be to find anymore in Japan but I I really I I do at this point I do love it you know and I would never use it but I I just like having it and you know have being able to have it just have it there yeah. you know because because it is like it's 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 kind of that thing where at the time it was just ugly and bulky and big and stuff but now you're kind of like oh it's you know it is it is kind of cute and and everything and now that I have better versions <laughs> like you can appreciate it, a it can just be a piece of art that sits on right. a shelf somewhere. Right. <laughs> so I mean, you know, I mean, Brian. I know, I know, you're just a huge DS fan, like I am. Um, but you mean you're you're you're, you're I mean you're kind of a handheld person. Now I am, yeah, yeah. Period. Um, I which is so, hilarious because I used to be all about consoles, and now I'm all about handhelds. So. Well, so so I mean, was was the DS Lite? Uh, did it? Was it part of you making that switch over, or was the DS Lite what got you to switch? Because I mean, I think for me, I think the DS absolutely was the point where my love for handhelds got way bigger than it was before. I mean, because yeah. I, I, I had had a Game Boy off and on, and I, I did kind of like it. I had a Game Gear, and it was okay. I had a Lynx, it was okay. Um, I had a Game Boy Advance, and I, I did think it was neat, but I didn't have that many games, and I didn't really play it that much. But the DS was where I really fell in love with portables. Yeah. So, you know, for, for, for you, what you know, how did that affect kind of that transition for you? Um, yeah, yeah, I would say it's the same, although, like, I was really into the Game Boy when it first came out. Um, but I was younger. I mean, and, you know, I sold it. I, I got rid of it. And the, but then I didn't, you know, I had a Game Boy Advance very, very late into its life, maybe even after it was off the market. Uh, not really, but like very late. I got an SP and like uh, Pokemon uh, Sapphire or something, I can't remember. Um, but I probably owned at the time like two games for it. I barely played it. Um, so I don't, and I don't even remember. I just remember I bought the light with like Animal Crossing Wild World and kind of never looked back at a certain point. I just liked the variety of games and having a portable system. And I think, you know, that's kind of what led me to be like, I just like, I like gaming on the couch or, you know, <laughs> on the bus or whatever. I don't know. And I, I kind of have never gotten over that since, I guess. 
Anne, how about you? Yeah, I'm really the same way. I actually was never really into handheld gaming at all before the DS Lite. I had an original Game Boy, and then I inherited the original Game Boy Advance from my grandfather because he was a big Game Boy fan, and that's the only reason I had a Game Boy. And then I got... Mm got him well me and my parents I was very young but we got him a Game Boy Advance for his birthday or Christmas or something and he ended up not liking the colors <laughs> he wanted to go back to the original hmm. Game Boy so I got it <laughs> but I uh, never really used it that much and so I was very much only playing consoles you know Final Fantasies on PS1 and all of that sort of stuff and I think I just because I started well, this is my logic now, is that I think because I started with the PS1 as my first console, I didn't game from a very, very young age, so I didn't start with the SNES and that sort of thing. Um, the graphics on the handhelds were very bad, in my opinion, and mm, I didn't yeah. think that I could have as good of experiences on the handheld that I could on the console, and so... I just sort of dismissed it, even though, you know, there were obviously good games coming out, and I was young enough that I wasn't very involved in sort of gamer culture, or even, you know, when the first DS came out, I wasn't online, I had no idea about what was going on, so I wasn't involved with that side of things, I just made my own judgment without any other outside, you know, forum posts or any of that. So when I got the DS Lite, it was mainly because I saw Cooking Mama and thought that looked really adorable. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I really got to play this Cooking Mama game. So I picked up, I remember my first year in college, I picked up the, the DS Lite. I think it was like six months after it came out because I went to college at the end of 2006. And uh, yeah, I picked up a DS Lite and Cooking Mama and just loved it. And after that, I was <laughs> totally into handhelds. I mean, I still played consoles, but at that point, I started importing Japanese dating games for my DS and all this stuff. And yeah, really, really got into that. And since then, I'm definitely more of a handheld person. But it's pretty funny how, yeah, the DS converted me. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because I mean... The, the DS was such a great import mm. system, too, yes. because um, Japan, like, I, if you were there in the heyday of the DS, it was insanity how many games were out for that system. Even today, you go over there and just, like, the DS shelves are still packed and packed full of stuff. <laughs> uh, so there was just so much great stuff coming over there as well, and it was just so easy to, to play, you know, Japanese games, so you just bought a lot of... Mm weird Japanese imports and played them and you had things like I mean I have like the the Japanese to English dictionaries for the DS you know yeah, yeah. and that kind of fun stuff so and there was oh gosh it was like oh and on yeah um, which was so fantastic and just all those little kind of things rhythm the rhythm heaven so yeah DS was awesome DS still is awesome <laughs> and I've said I'm 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 I think it like uh I'm only, I'm going to say only, I'm only like 150 games for it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to fill out the holes I have in my collection still. I said before it gets too late. So. <sighs> only 150 games. <laughs> hey, I thought I had a lot, but then people were being like, yeah, well, your, your collection's nice. I have 300 oh, and something. Like, oh. no. uh, I remember with the, when the anniversary happened, everybody was sharing collections on Twitter, right? And I saw all these posts and was like, wow, my <laughs> collection is pathetic compared to these. <laughs> <laughs> 
and it's fun too because you get to the point like where there's like you know i have the the pokemon keyboard for the ds for example mm-hmm. you know and there's the web browser and just all this like weird little stuff like that that i just loved uh, but the DS is not the only anniversary happening recently. Anne, what is the other anniversary we had going yeah, on? Yeah, we also had the 20th anniversary of the original PlayStation or PSX, but we can't call that anymore because PlayStation decided to make a new event and call it the PSX, <laughs> I guess. But um, December 3rd in Japan, and then, oh, I guess it didn't come out until the next year in North America. Right. So we're starting the anniversary celebrations. And in fact, I'm not super up to date on all of this, so you two will have to help me. But PlayStation had a big anniversary event, didn't they? A uh, streamed event in Japan only, I believe. Or no? No, no, no. The, uh, I mean, the PlayStation Experience. Is that the 20th was... anniversary event? It, it was yeah. I mean, it was kind of tied oh, to that. Okay. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't specifically with the 20th anniversary. I think there was a Japanese stream, uh, but PSX the show was kind of part of this oh, as well, okay. and that was in that was in Las Vegas. But I know, um, I know the Japanese stream they did do stuff, but I didn't actually watch. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually I don't know, Brian, watch it either. I didn't either. I heard that wasn't a whole lot of exciting yeah. stuff, but they were talking about PlayStation games, I guess, and some Japanese yeah. exclusive things that nobody seemed very excited about. So, <laughs> yeah, I think there was like one or two interesting announcements. I can't remember what they were offhand, but um, yeah, I mean the 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 one over here. There was some interesting mm-hmm. stuff uh, that came out of it, like a lot of indie things. Um, announced a lot of games indie-wise or smaller coming to to Vita, which they were like, no, we didn't forget that Vita <laughs> still exists. You know, there are games coming to it. Uh, two of the things that got announced at the show that we have on our notes here as well. So they, it's, uh, is it, I don't know if it's called section, Second Party Publishing, I think is what it's called. This is where Sony works together with game companies to help uh, bring either bring their games to PlayStation or help get them published in North America. Uh, one of the good examples of this was Borderlands 2, the Vita version, because Sony actually did the programming for that game. Uh, Gearbox didn't make the Vita version, Sony <laughs> did. And Sony announced that they are helping Sega to do an English localization of Yakuza 5. I can tell you guys are excited by that. Well, I think it's interesting. <laughs> I think it's inter- I think it's interesting, but my thing is is like um I think there's more interesting games that could have been done instead. Mm-hmm. And I know there's people yeah. will be mad about that like like the uh the Yakuza where you're back in the kind of samurai era, for example. Like that's amazing. Well, you don't more think that will come next. I mean, 5 Chronologically, in terms of release dates, came out before that one. No, no, I'm talking about the one that was a number of years ago. Oh, I thought there was just another one that came out that was took place before the original series that came on PS4 or is coming out. Oh, I'm confused now. <laughs> no, I yeah, because I I I'm pretty sure there was a, a Samurai era one for PS3. Oh well, this one is PS3 and PS4. The one, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So that, that that must be a sequel to the one I'm thinking of. I I want oh. I want to say it's Yakuza Kenzan. Oh. I'm not sure that's exactly. Oh. Right, but <laughs> my Yakuza knowledge is not up to date. The only one I've played oh, okay. is Dead Souls, actually, which yes. everybody says is the, the crappiest one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or, or you know, they could help Sega bring over Fantasy Star Online too. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. <laughs> that, especially since they've been talking about that one for how long now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hey, maybe this is just the start. Maybe, maybe I know. Maybe. Just... And you know, so yeah, so I mean, but I know a lot of people are very happy by this. Yeah. So you know, more more power to them. Uh, what did make me happy was they also announced that finally Konami is bringing Suikoden two to the digital downloads. So you don't have to pay a hundred and some dollars <laughs> anymore for a retail copy if you want to play Suikoden two. So. That's so good. that's the reason why everyone's so excited. I wasn't quite sure if it was because yeah. it's so rare it was expensive, like Earthbound or something. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. It's been very pricey for a long, long time. And that's one of those ones where, like, I still have my physical copy, and you're always like, do I sell <laughs> it? Do I keep it? Hmm. Uh, another big announcement, and I, I – so, so, Anne, if you didn't see this press conference – um this this was just hilarious so uh keita takahashi <laughs> the guy who who created katamari damasi and he made uh nobi nobi boy he he comes out on stage and i'm i'm try i'm totally forgetting what her name was uh oh oh the the lady who worked on sims for a long time anyway they're working together on a game and he comes out and he's got a fork in his hand like a plastic fork and he's just in there and so you're like okay is the fork related to his game somehow <laughs> or something and he's just kind of like sitting there playing with his fork and i i posted it on twitter and let me see if i can find it real quick because she you know the this lady again i'm forgetting what her name was and she's sitting there um and she's talking and then she she hands it to kata for him to talk yes and so his opening is he's like hi I, I'm Japanese, I, I I guess, and it's just it's just like it's like you felt so bad for him because like he was just so like it seemed like he was so nervous being on stage and everything, but it was also like super hilarious. Um, so they're working together on this game called Watam or what Watam 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 <laughs> and I don't think yeah, and we know it's there's like this green cube guy in his house and he has a bunch of black hats like bowler kind of hats and they're the, all the exact same hat but he's trying to pick out which one looks good on his on his cube head but he's got a bomb under the hats and so he finally figures out which hat he wants to wear and he goes outside and he blows up <laughs> mm-hmm. so I don't I don't have any clue what this game is I don't think anybody else has any clue what this game is um, but it's you know, if you've played Nobi Nobi Boy, then you know that you have no idea what to expect. Yeah. I was So I think Brian Brian, you were surprised to hear this. Are you excited? Well, I I haven't even you know, I didn't play Nobi Nobi Boy, but I just love the idea of what he creates and so I don't know, I love stuff like that. It's just totally off the wall. Um so I think it's cool, even if I won't actually end up playing it, probably, but sure, I'm all for the off-the-wall <laughs> stuff. 
And you were going to say something else. Oh, Thank you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I actually did because everybody was joking about his I'm Japanese, I guess, comment that I did see the, the bit that he was in. Um, okay, and, okay yeah, did. I okay. went out of my way to, to watch it and felt thoroughly embarrassed for him. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, it's interesting because uh, I don't know, I'm sure you two have probably heard that he kind of reluctantly continued with Katamari Damacy and making games after, you know, it was so popular and I guess Sony pressured him into doing it or whoever, um, you know, the companies involved want him to make more. And he was kind of like, you know, no, I'm done making games. And he said a number of times that he's done making games and he wants to do (laughs) He works on, like, playgrounds for children and things like that. And um, so I'm kind of conflicted, like, maybe this guy really doesn't want to be here, but, you know, maybe the, money, the money's good, or <laughs> I don't know, he's getting a lot of peer pressure to make these games. So I feel a yeah. bit bad for the poor guy in a way, though I love his stuff. But kind of, I hate to be negative on the first glance, though, but that video was very unamusing to me. I was kind of like, this doesn't look as cute as his other stuff. Like, I loved how, like totally crazy Nobinomi Boy was and the art style was great but like Watam didn't really have that same charm to me in that first video so hopefully it it gets better from here but you know I wasn't you know that didn't make me very excited for the game unfortunately yeah I don't know much about him so I I I do know the story of like how yeah after the first Katamari he was kind of like I don't want to do another one Mm -hmm. you know kind of things but I, I think I think he I think he did do We Love Katamari. Yes, he, he was involved one. on that one. And then the future yeah. ones, I don't think he had anything to do with. We're all yeah, not that's him. why they sucked. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I I, I do wonder if, if, yeah, maybe, maybe like his family was kidnapped <laughs> and they're being held at gunpoint yeah. unless he makes <laughs> games or something. I don't, I don't uh, know. He did the, don't do know. that, I forget the name, Alphabet, that PC game. Yeah which I played, which was very hmm. experimental and not really a huge game, but that was a small thing, and I assume that he did that because he wanted to. It was very... I think it was a... They they may have released it commercially, but it was originally a Kickstarter reward for people who backed this L.A. Game Center Kickstarter, which I actually only backed it so that I could get to play the game, so... Uh, yeah, I. Th- oh, I do. I that. think yeah. you know maybe at least he's supportive of sort of indie games and you know supporting creativity in games. So I don't think he's like totally anti making games anymore. But it's kind of interesting considering his comments about Katamari. That's kind of like why won't you all leave me alone about Katamari? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So if he doesn't want to make those kind of games anymore, and. If if uh, Hideo Kojima doesn't really want to make Metal Gear anymore, they should they should get together and just make some absolutely freaky mind blowing game. <laughs> oh, yeah, I support that. They, they would they combine Kojima's storytelling <laughs> with 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 Kata's artistic sensibilities. Yeah. Uh, but so okay, real quick, because we kind of gloss over position, but we don't want to get too much into it. But uh, quick, 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 quick question: best PlayStation system. Oh, Anne. Yeah. Wait. You mean like PS One, PS Two, PS Three, or or PS Four? Oh, yeah. uh, okay. Well, no. Or you know what? Well, we, 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 we won't include we we won't include PS Four at this point because it hasn't been out long enough. Um, 
Yeah, let's say PS1, PS2, PS3, PSP, uh, PSP. That's hard. Mm, I have maybe mm, the most fond memories of PS2, personally. Maybe. I feel like that PS2 area is when I really came into my sort of gaming hobby. Like, I started with the PS1, and I have a ton of great memories and a lot of great games I played on it, but I was very much at the stage where I didn't really understand game mechanics, and, like, I remember trying Final Fantasy VII and liking it, but it just made me so angry, and I didn't get how to do the magic, and by the time the PS2 came out, like, I beat my first RPG on the PS2, Grandia 2, and, you know, just really started getting into gaming then, so I think, for me personally most fond memories with the ps2 <laughs> hey you can you, you can now go back on your ps4 and play final fantasy 7 <laughs> again <laughs> i'm sure you're excited by that so maybe you can finally understand the magic uh, system you know yeah. oh uh brian best um, well i'm gonna preface mine with saying that I would, I totally would understand. I think a lot of people are going to say the PS2 in their own heads. Um, but for me, I have some weird, like the PS2 is kind of a lost system for me. I have one, um, but I came into it really, really late. That was kind of a part of my life where I just wasn't into games. And I think I bought one like literally at the end of its lifetime when, um, I don't know, I, there was a white PS, you know, the PS2 Slim or something like that out for a hundred bucks or something. I finally bought one. So I have, 15 to 20 games, I've really enjoyed them, but it's not, you know, the be-all, end-all system for me like it is for a lot of people. Um, but, like, I totally have kind of a love affair with the PS1, um, so for me that one would be a just... It's it's like the DS of consoles with the huge selection mm-hmm. of games and genres and 2D and 3D, and so it'll always have a place in my heart, I think. This is really tough. <laughs> I mean, because like I can I can say, oh this this Xbox wasn't good. I can say this Sega system wasn't good. I can say that this Nintendo system wasn't good. I don't think there's been a PlayStation yet I haven't liked, and I don't have fond memories of, and that I, I don't have enough games to more than justify any of them. Um, I mean, I, I I think I just have to say the PS2. Like I you know. I don't. I don't know that I can say anything other than that. Like I want to say PSP in a way, but I think I have to say PS2 just because there were. I mean, so many games that either came into their own on that system, or that were born on that system, or just so many fun. Like I mean, it's hard because PS1 had a lot of really unique stuff and a lot of experimental stuff. You know, looking back, you had Prop of the Rapper, you had uh, Bushido Blade to ball you know you had a lot of rpgs kind of like trying new things so you had like a lot of these games that were like unique and different but i feel like and maybe it's because they're both just because of popularity they had like i feel like the ps2 is kind of getting back to the same reasons i like the ds because yeah. there was just so much variety and so many different things and so many big gigantic triple a titles but right next to them, so many fantastically wonderful, quirky little games at the same time. And there's just so many things. Like, like you can't... I mean, unless it's a genre that really was born after the PS2, you can't buy a PS2 and not have at least three or four games in any genre that you'll love. 
because there's just so much and so many good things yeah. for it. And I, so yeah, I got. I, I will say, despite what I just said, being like uh, whether I've owned and played the games or just kind of admired them from afar, to me the PS2 has always seemed like a more fully realized PS1. Like the PS1 didn't quite have the horsepower to do everything everybody wanted it to do, and the PS2 did, so the games look better. They're able to make the environments better. So I totally understand that. Yep. Um, Okay, so then some other things have happened, and one of uh, an announcement I'm sure we can all appreciate, um, a little surprising, I, I think, was that... And I've never known, like, how is it, is it hot, <laughs> hotful, hotful, full. Yeah, because it's, it's kind of a play on heartful and then also the person's name. So hotful boyfriend, this, this is the infamous now dating sim where you date pigeons. <laughs> You're going to an all pigeon school has been announced for the PS4 and the PS Vita, they are working on... I don't know if it's out yet or if they're still working on it. There is an HD kind of remake of sorts for this game. And that's the version that will be coming to those two systems. It will be uh, out in spring of next year for $9.99. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited because I have not played this at all. And having it on my Vita or my PS4 is the perfect reason to finally get around to doing oh, so. Oh, it's so good. I... <laughs> <laughs> uh- and that's what's funny. I mean, like, like you, you say, you say a dating game where you date pigeons, and you don't expect anything from it. But everybody I know who's played it said just the storyline and the characters are so good. Yeah, it's really it's hard to talk about. Actually, I just finished my review for Game Critics. Actually, and um, I played the the remake, the HD remake you're talking about, is what was released on Steam a couple months ago. So, okay. Yeah, that was okay. like it is out. they they when the game originally came out two years ago soon after they released their own translation of it and it was not very good and so they got you know professional company to sort of uh yeah make it hd and then fix up the text for the new i don't know if it's entirely new translation but they definitely worked on it it seems a lot better so um yeah but it you think, oh, this is just a dumb, goofy game about dating pigeons, haha. And then you're playing it and you realize that there's a lot of stuff going on in the world that is sort of hinted at through different things. Like, it, you know, the, the girl that you're playing as, the protagonist, lives in a cave and they don't really talk about it, but it's certainly very weird. And then one, at one point, very early on in the game, no matter which route you, you pick, she decides to go for a run. And she's running, and it shows you sort of these backdrops of the environment, and it's like, oh, a shrine. Oh, a dilapidated cityscape that looks like some kind of a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Like, no no big deal, you know? <laughs> and it's very, very weird. <laughs> and if you play through all of the routes, there's another uh, route that opens up at the end that is sort of the bulk of the game. It's actually, the bulk of the game is not even the dating sim. There's a whole other story after that uh, that is very different. And I won't say anything else because it kind of (laughs) spoils it if you talk about it. But yeah, like a lot of people, I noticed I was reading other reviews and people will talk about the hints, but they won't actually play through enough of it to get to that part because you have to, I think... 
there are four main birds and you have to date them in order to get this alternate storyline. But if you don't know which ones they are, you may end up playing all of the like eight different bird storylines before you even see that there's this other thing. So hmm. yeah, but if you if you hmm. play through to that, it's very good. So hopefully, I, I I said in my review, but I think they really need some kind of like you know how in um, Virtue's Last Reward there there's like a grid that shows you the different story trees branching right. out, and so you can literally see like oh I haven't gone through this one to do this yet, so you can see that and it's you know very clear what you haven't done. I think it needs something like that. So hopefully they might put it in mm. because otherwise a lot of people are going to miss out on that but i think it will be great on the vita i love playing visual novels on the vita yep yep yep, yep. <laughs> so that that's why i'm excited yeah. to play it there uh, brian you're next on the news list um i am going to talk about <laughs> oh um the uh re-emergence of uh, Yuji Naka's, I'm guessing it's Rodea, the Sky Soldier, which was a game that was, I don't even, I can't remember now how long ago it was announced, but it was announced for the Wii. Um, yep. And everybody basically just assumed it was dead. Um, and I, I still I still think it's, I don't know. I don't know if I trust this huh. or not, but we'll see if it actually exists. Although I will say as much as I'm, I, I think at this point I'm, more curious about it than like I desperately want it. Like I don't particularly oh, yeah. like the art style. I don't like the protagonist's designs. Um, but I find it curious. You know, anytime time a game like this kind of falls off the radar and it's by someone who, you know, whether you like uh, some of his games or not, he's definitely produced a body of work. You know, uh, Sonic and Knights. Um, so I think it's curious. Um, I'm looking forward, like you said, to seeing if it actually comes out or what the 3DS version looks like. That's probably the only version I would even consider. Um, although I think it's interesting that supposedly, supposedly, uh, the early versions of the Wii U release will come with the original Wii game. Which, oh, weird. And I think it's like, uh, I can't remember which company is bringing it out, but they kind of uh, tinkered with, like, he turned in the Wii game they tinkered with it and have made it into kind of a newer game that has maybe more RPG aspects to it or something. Um, and so the Wii version is supposed to be more straightforward um, and is totally his vision for the game. And then that's, that's kind of yeah, interesting. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess you saying that, then I, I do think I have more faith in it coming out. I just, and I'm sure somebody will send me a list as to what I'm on this. I always, I, I always feel like whenever a game's announced, and then later on it's like, well, we're actually now bringing it to this system instead of that system. Yeah. I always feel like those games just end up disappearing. Whereas if it, the game comes out and then you find out it was originally for the previous system, you know, like that's when the game yeah. hits. Like, and, and as it again, it's it's probably just what you hear, you know, because of course you didn't hear about all the failures that never got announced, yeah. period. But I just feel like I've always, I've heard a lot of games that got announced and then like, oh, we're moving it to the next system and then it just kind of vanishes. Yeah. So, but, but, you know, if, if it comes out and you do get the original Wii, Wii version along with the new Wii U version, I think that's really, really interesting. It is. Although from, from what I read, it's only supposed to be, you know, like the pre-ordered copies or like a limited 
which yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. It, like, I feel like if you're going to release it, you should just, that's, especially if we're talking about yeah. a Wii U game in Japan, I mean, you need all the help you can get. So uh, I don't, hopefully they're going to rethink that one. Although, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe all of those pre-release limited early copies that they make are all that's ever going to sell anyway, so it won't really matter. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, what else got announced that you have on your list here? All right. The uh, Etrian Odyssey Mystery Dungeon Combo Pack game. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, and it's already been uh, announced that it's coming to the U.S. I think in March. I, now I can't remember. Um, which, it's funny. I, I am writing about this on my blog. I've since, like, kind of... Uh, my excitement has settled, but I'm still really looking forward to it. I just, I like the idea of it. I love that it's a mystery dungeon game um, for the 3DS. I think I'm maybe less excited about the Etrian Odyssey aspect than I was at the beginning, but. It's funny because my initial reaction to this was this makes perfect sense. But when you actually sit down and think about <laughs> it, it doesn't necessarily make perfect sense because. I mean, and that's kind of, I think, the very just, just you know, top level, oh, they're both dungeon crawlers, they go together kind of thought, but they're very, very different dungeon crawlers. And, and just at their core, you know, Etrian Odyssey is all about having preset dungeons where you, you map out the entire thing, whereas Mystery Dungeons all about having these completely randomized dungeons where, you know, you're just kind of looking for the exit not necessarily scouring every inch of every yeah. level. So just even on that on that on that side of things, like they're very, very different games. So I'm really curious to see like how these two go together and how it how it kind of works. Yeah. And and also for me it's like I think I was like you, the first you it's announced and I thought I loved how it looked. It had a great art style. I just liked the idea of, oh, it's a mystery dungeon game. and um, But then thinking about it, like, I still, I haven't quite wrapped my brain around, I'm used to, like, the Sheeran games and other mystery dungeon games being, it's your, you control the character, there's one of you, you're in a dungeon. So I don't get this party, there's going to be a party of people and you control one of them, and I don't know, I just don't quite get it yet. And, and I'm also kind of... Uh, burning out on the whole Atrian Odyssey <laughs> uh, idea. I, 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 think I've, I think they've pushed it a little little too far too fast. Yeah. And and Sales is the most recent um, was it Untold 2? Yeah. I don't remember the exact mm-hmm. title but I think I think those have kind of shown that they have kind of maybe just just oversaturated the market a little bit recently. Yeah, and in terms of vocalization, I mean, we've got Persona Q just came out this year. If it's coming out next year, and then previous years we had the first Untold game, which is Millennium Girl, and then Etrian Odyssey 4. So it's like, the past four years there have been an Etrian Odyssey game every yeah. year, and those are hefty games. I mean, like, I've never even beaten one. <laughs> and I own, like, three of them, but it's just, you know, <laughs> I can't keep up. They need, to, they need to slow down a bit if they want me to play them. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I think the remakes have kind of thrown. I mean, even though they were probably sounded like a good idea, I think they kind of threw a wrench into the works, and some people are just kind of like, okay, uh, maybe I don't need to buy them all now because, like you said, how many can you? You don't really want to go through two of those a year or three of those a year. It's a bit much, but. <laughs> 
Yep. But I'm curious. So I'm, so I'm interested mm. to see how, how it turns out. Um, I do. I said I do worry a little bit about how much they're pushing the Etrian Odyssey games because that was kind of you know that's that's it's it can be tough a lot of times for a smaller company to really build up a big new franchise and Atlas definitely did that with Etrian Odyssey so I just want to make sure they don't kind of burn it out too yeah. quickly, which I think a lot of companies are are doing too much of recently with their games so. Um, a few quick announcements. We don't need to spend much time on these. Uh, this this came as a surprise to me. I, I saw this like right before we started recording. They have announced as a companion to the At Rhythm Final Fantasy, we will be getting the At Rhythm <laughs> Dragon Quest for 3DS uh, release in Japan next March. I don't know that I feel confident this will come our yeah. way. Hmm. I don't know that I care. <laughs> <laughs> You mean like you won't buy it, or you don't care if it comes? No, I I don't care at all. Like I I mean, other than the Dragon Quest main theme, I don't. Oh. I just do not care about Dragon Quest music. Huh. I'm I'm so totally I, down for this. Mm. In fact, I'll 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 buy the Japanese version. I don't care if it comes out here because I'm going Japanese. <laughs> That's probably the best way to do it because I I do not think it's coming. Yeah. Um, a producer from Koei Tecmo has teased that they will soon be announcing a new Deception game. Uh, I was a big fan of the last one because it kind of got back to the kind of dark, a uh, little more sadistic feel of earlier games in the series. So I'm excited, especially if it maybe it will be on PS4 oh, this time. You reminded me cool. I want to pick that up. <laughs> it's quite the uh, Deception 4 that's on Vita and PS3, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. It's so expensive here. It hasn't gone down in price. It's like 80 bucks mm. <laughs> for both versions. Oof. So I'll have a look for that one in the US. I actually um I actually think had I had more fun playing on Vita. Oh, well that's good to know. I'd rather get the Vita version. Yeah, I mean, it, it it plays fine on both systems, and I think the PS3 version maybe is a little bit better in, like, frame rate and stuff like that, but I just really, really enjoyed it on the uh, handheld mm. version, so. And uh, we are getting Brandish, the Dark Revenant, the, the PSP version of re- kind of reworking of the original Brandish. It's, is that from Exceed? Mm. Yes. Oh, you mean who's bringing it here? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. Exceed, right? Yeah. They were they were saying that they're hoping to have it by the end of the year, but it might slip a little bit into oh. early next year. Yeah, you know, it really might because I, they were going to do Corpse Party PC by the end of this year. We haven't heard anything about that either. Yeah. So it seems like they're <laughs> yeah. a little behind on some things. And they just announced. Um, we don't have this in the notes, but they announced Rune Factory 4 was finally getting a European release, and they've been working hard on that all year oh. this year. Uh, the 11th, it's coming hmm. out, eShop only. And uh, if you missed it, uh, listeners, at the beginning of the year, Marvelous announced that the European version was canceled because Neverland, the developers, went under in 2013, and... Everybody kind of assumed that it was because of that that they couldn't do the European release, but Exceed took it on, and I guess they had to negotiate getting the source code and whatever it is you need to do behind the curtain to get that to work. And yeah, they're finally bringing it Hmm. over. So maybe that negotiation, all that stuff, took some of their resources for these other games. I'm not sure how that stuff works, but that was kind of a surprise announcement. So... 
yeah, they seem to be a bit behind on a few things is what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah. So they might have done the year. Um, it's funny because I never played, I never played Brandish on Super Nintendo. And they're making a big deal about now when you when you turn the camera, the camera turns smoothly. And and I'm and I'm like, it's such a weird thing to kind of like call out in your press release. But then you watch videos of the original Brandish on Super NES, and oh my yes. lord, that is such a crazy like like for the it's hard to explain. But so it's a, it's a top down game, right? And and you're kind of like walking. You know, you, your character can walk up, down, left, or right. And then what you can do is you can kind of rotate the the dungeon around you, and I think it was probably the shoulder buttons on the Super Nintendo. And so what what it what it does now is it it just you know you see the dungeon rotate around. So then, like I've said, if you if you rotate it from right to left, then whatever was to the right of you is now going to be in front of yep. you. But what the Super Nintendo game did was it basically just instantly redrew the screen with that rotation being done. So you had no context for how the world was rotating around you. It was just like suddenly the, the all your surroundings were different. I, I, I can't even imagine trying to play that game like that. Yeah. And it's funny. I didn't, I remember, I think I remember seeing like its cover art back when it was out in the Super NES days, but I didn't play it. I didn't rent it. Um, so when I read the press release or what, you know, the blog post about it, I didn't understand what they were talking about either, and I looked up videos of it. I was like, oh, okay, now I understand <laughs> why they're making a big deal out of the change. Yep. So, but you know what? More, I, I, I love seeing PSP games still coming out. I would love for it to be physical, but it'll never happen. Yeah, I mean, you can understand. I'm, it's actually an, no, it's I amazing to me that they're bringing it out, period, but I would love a physical yes. version too, but... At least it, it looks interesting to me, so I'll probably give it a try, especially if I once once I get a Vita. It sounds like a good thing for that. So that's something I want for Christmas. I still need to pick up a physical copy of Sweet Fruit. Uh, I've not picked it up yes. yet. So. <laughs> uh, another game that will get super hard to get. Uh, I'm sure I've got mine. Uh, mine with the pre-order bonus necklace still in the plastic wrap. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like oh. the perfect collector that I am. Actually, I normally open things, but because I got a digital version of that one, it's just sitting there. It feels really weird. I normally <laughs> rip things open, you know. But <laughs> uh, so last, Brian, do you want to hit this last one really, really quick? Oh, sure. Um, very quickly, kind of, because it's definitely a niche kind of thing. Um, and people probably already know about this, but a Kickstarter was launched for. A new game by two of the men who were responsible for the Maniac Mansion game. And I believe this, the, I don't know if it's a literal sequel or a pseudo sequel, um, Day of the Tentacle. Um, it's called Thimbleweed Park. Um, it's going to be for PC and Mac. It ends soon, but they've already like almost doubled their goal, I think. So um, I don't know, you know, it's a point and click computer game kind of uh, harkens back to the games of you know maniac mansion from the 80s um so i think it's cool i don't know if it's something that i'll actually buy but i think it looks really cool and i'm sure a lot of people are interested in it did did either of you ever see the maniac mansion tv show no no i didn't know it existed (laughs) it was it was the weirdest like 
okay if you're ever thinking okay what what video game is going to get a tv <laughs> show right you you'd never think of maniac mansion in a million years um but it did and it was utterly bizarre like i, I can't even explain to you just how it was it was almost kind of like a an you know kind of like a, a more modern day like adam's family kind of thing uh. And so it wasn't about, like, the kids going into the mansion. It was kind of about, like, the family, you know, that was living in the mansion before the kids got there. So it was this weird comedy family drama thing. Like, I I, I should go back one day and watch it and just see if it was as bizarre as I remember it being. But it it was one of, like, this, this, like, it came on, like, one of those weird cable channels in the middle of the afternoon. Um. And I, I, to this day, I can, I can still hear the theme song in my head. I, I just don't know how Maniac huh. Mansion ever got a TV show. Yeah. But it did. If anybody remembers <laughs> that. Uh, so what we're going to do is we, we are skipping niche, nichiest of them all this week. This, this week, this show. Because we kind of want to do something a little different with that section and maybe come up with something new. And also we have a lot of news today, so we thought we'd just do more newsy stuff and, and not do a third section but we are going to do as always cheerleading which is when we pick a game we've been playing recently and tell you why you should be playing it or i think every now and then we we become the hate squad (laughs) or whatever we called it to say why you should be playing it but today as always our our lovely cheerleader ann uh in her fashionable skirt and pom-poms is going to talk about a game all right, well, this may be a sort of less enthusiastic cheerleader routine than normal, but <laughs> I haven't been playing. You're off the <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I've been cut off the team. <laughs> and you want to be our team uh, captain. <laughs> well, I've been playing a bit of Monster Mon Piece, which is a bit infamous <laughs> because of its interesting uh rubbing mechanic it's on the ps vita and it's a japanese game by compile heart and published by idea factory um who are kind of notorious for doing sort of moe type games with lots of cute girls and maybe a bit pandery towards the otaku market so i I th- I, th- I think what you mean is notorious for high quality uh, productions <laughs> and Serious looks at uh, today's societal issues yes, in their videos. Yes, Hyper, <laughs> Hyper Dimension Neptunia has a scathing critique of gaming culture. <laughs> um, not to say, you know, those don't have their time and place, but the Monster Mon piece got a lot of negative criticism when it was first announced for the West because of this rubbing mechanic. You, you have to hold the Vita vertically, no, what am I saying? You know, the long way. <laughs> and um, so not the... Yeah, vertically. Yeah, <laughs> and um, you get like a picture of a girl on the screen and you have to hold it, the Vita, between your hands so that you've got your, you know, four fingers on the back touchscreen, thumb on the front touchscreen, and you rub it up and down in a very fast motion that I'm sure you can imagine looks a lot like jerking off to your Vita. (laughs) And actually, during the sequence, you are rubbing the clothes off of the girl, which is leveling her up, which makes a lot of sense. (laughs) I love how games, you know, the less clothing you have, the more powerful you are, because that 
makes a ton of sense. Yes. But actually, actually, what I'm going to say is the game has a really interesting card battling mechanic that has gotten, you know, sort of put on the side because everybody's focused on this really honestly gross gameplay mechanic that I think they were trying to, you know, really pander to a certain group of people. But the game actually has a, a fairly strong... Uh, card battling system if you're into that sort of thing. You collect these monster girl cards which if you're a fan of Japanese art, there are a lot of famous artists that um, have contributed all the different art for the different cards and there are four different types of cards. There's melee ranged, healer and like a sort of boosting role and you fight your opponent on a grid and you get a hand of cards at the beginning of the battle and every turn you pick another card so it's like a card game like magic or something like that but you're placing the monster cards on the grid and they appear in battle and sort of advance on the the enemy and attack them and so it's actually got some strategy to it because if you know your enemy puts a ranged character on one place of the grid you have to consider okay what kind of monster girl am I going to put down to face off against them because certain types are weak against others and there's elements at play and sort of combo attacks you can do so basically yeah it's just a really fun card battling game that I don't think we see a lot of those ever get localized so it's really unfortunate that the one that we did get is gross in a lot of ways (laughs) I was I was actually I was actually um I mean, these days it's getting less and less. Uh, it, it's getting harder and harder, I should say, to be surprised <laughs> at localizations. <laughs> but I was actually kind of surprised this one got localized. Yeah, and there was a lot of um, fan backlash because Idea Factory decided to self censor a bit and they took out a few of the high level cards because, so you've got the cards get leveled up three times and each time you level them up in this mini game they get a new image for the card a new illustration and they're you know less and less clothing the further you go and like a lot of moe illustrations the girls look underage in a lot of the pictures so they had to remove you know a good i don't know it looks like 20 different cards from the game they just took out that illustration altogether. so the card itself is still there but, like, when you go from the second to third evolution, instead of showing you the third evolution's image, which would be very sexy, it will stay as the second level image. So you just don't get that third picture because they were worried about, you know, obviously bringing images, sexualized images of young girls out in the U.S., which I guess makes sense. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, you know, I... I, I I want to tread carefully because, I mean, I know we're a podcast dedicated to, like, these niche mm-hmm. kind of games. And I think, out of anything, um, you know, our kind of games are the ones that can be censored because they'll have, okay, cultural things that, you know, uh, what is it, uh, Dongo, oh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting. But, you know, like, whatever the Japanese thing, it becomes like a, meat, a, a meatball, you know, for, for Sailor Moon or, or whatever. So... Uh, onigiri becomes sandwiches, you know, yeah. <laughs> like all these like kind of weird things, uh, or stuff like that. Like, I mean, that's always a problem with like, the kind of games we like. But, but I think that if you are a reasonable human being, 
and you see some of the character designs in a game like this and the ones that they that they decided to not fully uh have in the game for for mm-hmm. leveling i think you can understand why they made that choice oh yeah and i think I think when the choice is not getting the game at all or getting it with that decision made, I think the second, you know, is is clearly the way to go. And I I just... Because I, I see the argument sometimes on different places on the internet where people are like, it's it's censorship, you know, and like and nothing should be cut. And like, well, no, sometimes... Sometimes, you know, things have to be cut. You know, you if you... If you're bringing over Dragon Ball Z... And you look at the, I don't know, what is his name Mr. Boo or, or whatever <laughs> yeah. it is? You know, the guy who's solid black with the big red lips and stuff like that. You know, it, it's like you, you, can't, you can't have that in the show in America. Um, so I, I think people sometimes need to be a little understanding and, and not just be so stuck on their, you know, any censorship is completely killing the game kind mm. of mantra. Yeah, I mean, I personally do take the stance that it's, you know, great that they decide to localize this and if they decide that's what they wanted to do and they thought they had to do it, you know, fine by me. But, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that a lot of, it seemed like there was a really strong backlash uh, against that decision, so I don't know how well the game actually did. But it's also a shame that... The game is, you know, full of this kind of content that makes it very hard to recommend to people because you kind of have to, I cringe a lot playing (laughs) And we were just talking about text and games. There is so much incessant talking with these cutesy girls and like their cutesy voices that make, drive me mad, you know, and I just want (laughs) to play the car game and I'm like skipping through all these texts and, you know, it's infuriating and. I feel like, you know, they really had a good game here, and I don't know why it has to be so obnoxious about the way it is, but I'm sure there are people that like that too, so, yeah. But if if you feel like you would like to try a card battling game and can kind of put up with that, it is fun. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a mixed bag. <laughs> hmm. Yep, that's my, my mixed bag recommendation. It's a half of a cheer. It's a semi cheer. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's it's it, it's a it's a uh, a stone faced enthusiastic cheering <laughs> yeah. routine. Yes, uh, Brian, what what is your game for our little cheering? Uh, so, um, I feel kind of bad because I feel like I've done this before too, where. I'm talking about a game that a lot of people can't currently play, which I don't always realize until we get on the air. So I apologize in advance. Although I do, I'm fairly certain that this game will be released worldwide shortly. So when it comes out, you can just remember what I say about it. Um, It is a Japanese uh, eShop, 3DS eShop game that just came out within the last couple of weeks called Pinch 50. Um, and Hmm. it is from the creator, I mean, in the United States, people will know that this person, the person who created this game created Xavius, um, from the, you know, I think that was released through Namco, but, um, and he also did the, and see, I never know how to say this, the Tower of Juraga, Juraga, which isn't well known Hmm. outside of Japan, but it's a cool series. So, uh, it's a game that is very much in line with kind of 
either the uh, iOS games you'd be seeing, like a, in, what do you call it, Always Runner, but it's not. Um, it hails to kind of the Pitfall. It actually looks like Pitfall from the 1980s. Um, it's not the prettiest game. Um, and you are basically controlling a little person with the D-pad. You can go left or right. Uh, you can jump. You can speed him up. And you're basically trying to get through all of their 50 stages in the game. You're trying to get through the stages. Um, and you are, you know, jumping over alligators, jumping onto vines, a la Pitfall. Um, and you're dying constantly because things are surprising you. And uh, the whole game is basically about trying to get to the end of the 50 levels um, spending as little time as possible because uh, you get unlimited lives and every time you die you go back to like the beginning of the stage you were on and that's what the game keeps track of is your time and um, I think it adds up you know every time you die maybe it adds a little time too but um, I don't know so far I haven't spent a ton of time with it just a few hours but it's a perfect game to have on your 3DS spend 10 minutes with get through a few levels um, so hopefully it will come out elsewhere because I've really had a good time with it. I think it was five bucks or the equivalent. Um, it's definitely, to me, it's the kind of game that should be on the eShop, kind of like Gunman Clive and stuff like that. So, hmm. yes. Interesting. I'm looking at a picture of it Yeah, now. I mean, don't go by its looks because it really is kind of an ugly pitfall <laughs> um, uh, uh, clone, but... That's not really what it's about. It controls well, but, you know, it feels good to play, and it's fun, so. Hmm. You actually reminded me, uh, talking about 3DS eShop, and I don't know if this episode will make it out in time for you to take advantage of this, but um, currently as one of the Club Nintendo rewards that you can you can download if you use some of your coins is Tokyo Crash Mobs. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I did, too. Yeah, and... I was always curious about this game, and but it, it's always been like eight dollars or something like that, and I'm just like, eh, it's, it's too much for such a weird, wacky game. But it was two hundred coins, so I have it. And I've played barely, barely played it, but um, do check and see if that is uh, still available. Huh. If anybody is curious, and there's been some other actually um, really good deals on on niche games, so check. PSN and Xbox and everything. And I, I know the 3DS, I just picked up, uh, what was it? Uh, the Umihara oh, Colossus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, well, Yuki's, Yuki's something, something, something. <laughs> odd Odyssey. Y- Yumi's y- Odd Odyssey. Y- yeah, Yumi, Yumi's Odd Odyssey, yes. That was on sale for like half off. Yeah, so. Natsume was having a I sale. I picked up Ace Attorney's Dual Destinies for half price. Even though I've never mm, played yes. an Ace Attorney game before, <laughs> uh, the Professor Layton crossover is really. Oh, really? Uh, like if yeah, if you ever don't play something, you should oh, really play that one. Mm, another game to pick up when I'm in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh, my, my 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 pick. We've kind of hit on this a few times. We've actually mentioned it, and we've hit on games that are similar. But I played Persona Q recently and this is of course the combining of atlas's persona series with atlas's etrian odyssey series 
So it is all the dungeon crawling and map making of the Etrian games, but you get all the actual created characters and dialogue and storylines of a Persona game. And what's interesting about this one is it has both casts of Persona 3 and 4, and it brings them together in this weird kind of side story event. Um, And it's funny because, like... I think there's almost like two generations of Persona fans at this point. There's people like me who have been around since the very beginning in the original Persona, and there's the they came in in Persona Three Four era. Like a Persona hipster. <laughs> I yes yes I I knew I was playing this game before yep. they were cool. Be, before you could go date girls, I was playing these games. Uh, so I think that if you came in like in the later era, like your idea of what a Persona game is is probably very different than than someone like me, because playing Persona Q, this really feels to me like kind of old school Persona. Because in the original Persona games, um, most of the exploration was done all in first person dungeon crawling, uh, same same ways that here is here, like it's kind of step by step by step. And while you didn't necessarily draw your own maps, there was like a map. A mapping feature and so you kind of had to explore like every floor of the levels to kind of find you know items or or doorways to get to the next stage or rooms where you had to do things and stuff like that and also in the original personas um all your characters could could change their personas because uh, in in recent games it's kind of the, the storyline is the main character is the only one who can who can change, and that's why, what makes him special. Whereas all your party members, they have their own individual personal persona, but they can't change that, and they can't get any additional ones. Whereas in this, you can kind of have a sub-persona that affects things like your your hit points and your, your spe- uh, skill points, spell points. I'm not sure what it actually is in Persona. It's SP. Special points? And... Um, it also obviously affects like what what skills skill points yeah skill, what what skills they have available to them. I I I think that it's it's an interesting game because if you are one of those kind of newer Persona fans and you are just used to the new games, it might be overwhelming if if you aren't an etrian odyssey fan because all of a sudden you have all this super hardcore dungeon crawling and you have okay you've got to draw maps of everything and you know drawing maps like takes a lot of time and it's it's you you put in i mean it's not not as not as hard as it used to be because they do have a lot of auto features and stuff like that but there's still a lot of effort that goes into that and if you're an Etrian Odyssey fan coming at this game, there's a lot of talking. <laughs> and there's a lot of storyline stuff. And you you aren't just making your own team. You're kind of taking the characters that are there and working within the confines of the Persona mythos to 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 kind of push those characters in certain directions, but you're never just straight up saying, I'm going to make you into this. I'm going to make this character into that. So... I'm sounding down on this. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, what I'm trying to do is just kind of like set your expectations to be in proper place. Um, because I, I love, I love this game. And, and I, 
was having some trouble with the Etrian games. Not that I don't think they're great, but it was kind of uh, this is this is just really really hardcore, and I can fully appreciate that there is a fan base out there that likes this kind of stuff, you know, and that enjoys all the map making and and all the character creation and kind of coming up with their own storylines. But I do need something a little bit more from this, and that's what this gives me. And as much as I was worried about kind of having this crossover where it just seems this seems like such fan service and it is to some level it is like total fan service but i actually ended up really liking that fan service and i liked seeing these two casts come together because in a weird way it almost like it gives you a chance to see both of them in a light that you didn't see when they were just on their own um so i i think it's a really awesome game i I said i I really do like it uh especially as a, a longtime persona fan it's just you know, you you need to know what it is, and you need to know what to expect. And I think, I think it's more likely Persona fans will like it than Etrian Odyssey, Odyssey fans will like it. Um, but that's also with me putting some stereotypes on what I think an Etrian Odyssey fan mm. is. Um, but you know, it's it's like, man, like Atlas is just so good at making games, and 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 they they put so much into all the little aspects. Uh, this is some of, I think, the best 3D I've seen on the 3DS because you can crank it all the way to 100% and it's never, like, hard on your eyes. It's never, like, hard to see things. It's all just, like, little subtle details. Like, there's, like, all this layering in the background, you know, so of of looking in, like, you know, the, the, the school hallways or the classrooms and, and seeing what's going on in the back, in the distance and stuff. Um... So just such a great game, but uh, you have to be into Persona characters, you have to be into the kind of fun storyline stuff, and you have to be into making maps, and dungeon crawling, and fighting tough battles. But if you are into all those, fantastic game. So, Persona Q, there you go. Sounds good. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, is this a game either one of you would ever have interest in picking up? Hmm. Well, I have to play all the Persona games and all the other Etrian Odyssey games first, <laughs> yes. so it's probably at the bottom of the pile, because I figure if I'm going to play any, I should play Persona, well, I started Persona 4, Golden, then I want to play Etrian Odyssey 4, <laughs> so just doing those two games is probably going to be a few years, so I likely will not get the Persona queue. And, yeah... This is definitely a time investment, but I will say the one good thing is, um, and I, I'm still a little bit bothered by the fact that they do consider this to be canonical in the, in, in the mm-hmm. series. Um, but the way they got around that was they had it take place in kind of the middle of of both of the games storyline wise. Mm-hmm. So you won't, like, if, if you're somebody who's like, well, I haven't beat Persona 4 yet, or I haven't beat Persona 3 yet, um, you won't actually spoil anything major for yourself by playing this. I mean, you'll obviously spoil who's in each cast. So when you pick whether you, know, you want to play with the Persona 3 or the Persona 4 characters at the beginning, do you still see the characters from the other game? Oh, yeah, yeah. So what, hap- so what happens is is whichever side you pick... That's the that's how you start on, and that's like you have to, you have to always at least have the main character from that side in mm-hmm. your party, and um, you go through maybe 
I don't know if I would say five hours, maybe five hours of just that team, and depending on how how fast you progress, you know, uh, progress, and then you get to a point in the first dungeon where the other team shows up, and then once they do, you're you're free, except for your except for your main character, um, you're free to basically add in whichever characters you oh. like the best. Aww. So. And that, that, that even comes down to, for people who know, that even comes down to your, your navigator. Uh, you can have, um, you can actually separate now who your navigator is in battle and in dungeon exploration, both. And so you can have one navigator do both jobs. You can have each of the game's navigators do a different job. So, so yeah. So, I mean, at a certain point, like, the, the whole team comes together. It's just kind of... You know what what perspective you see it from from the beginning, and then kind of like what main character is around for stuff as you go through. So, so yeah. Um, and I think that think that's think that's it. Is unless there's anything else. Is there anything Not else for me? Do we miss anything? We pretty well covered all of that news. <laughs> there was so much yes. news, and it felt like there was... we hadn't podcasted in six months again <laughs> with all the with all I the know. news we had. But it's only been a month. <laughs> I know. So, so Anne, you're coming back to the mm-hmm. states. Um, Brian, any big holiday nope, plans? Staying put in Seattle. Staying put in Seattle. Uh, sleepless in Seattle because you're playing many <laughs> games. I, I may or may not be going back home for, for a few days for the holidays. I don't know. But um, I am eager to, again, it's not niche, I know, but I'm eager to dive into this this Dragon Age stuff. I've never played it before, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, so, you know, uh, for both of you, I hope you have, like, really great holiday. And hopefully Santa brings you what you <laughs> wanted, what you asked for mm-hmm. earlier. Um, and for all our listeners too, you know, I, I hope you, you all have fantastic holidays and, um, according to our schedule, we should be back kind of at the beginning of next month and we'll see if, uh, Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa <laughs> or, uh, winter solstice or whatever wishes came true. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about more niche games we've played. So... So for Anne and Brian, this is Shidoshi, and this has been another episode of the Nishiest Podcast Ever.